0: ask andy is our new subscriber only show every month andy answers your questions like these what's your favorite color biro what the is it with you and terrapins uh what are the spring 2024 catwalk colors how goes it with the sitar can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to rwanda what do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to buglepodcast.com forward slash donate.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
0: Welcome to Top Stories, the show which gives you the top story from a previous issue of The Bugle podcast. I am Andy Zaltzman. Patriotism was very much in vogue in June 2012 as Britain celebrated the Diamond Jubilee of Queen Elizabeth II in typically British jubilian style, In the Rain. It's issue 197 of The Bugle, entitled Singing in the Rain, spell that how you want, with me and John Oliver.
1: Top story this week, The Hangover, Diamond Jubilee edition. Andy, it was a four-day binge of patriotism that may well have left a trail of devastation in its wake because after the 96-hour orgy of ostentatious nationalism, the British public now has to prepare for the painful comedown. On Wednesday morning, British people across the country woke up groggy with a headache, an empty wallet and a tangible sense of shame, looking around at a bedroom, confused at the bunting hanging down from the ceiling fan and assorted gnomes strewn across the floor, <laughs> thinking, what the f***? did I just do (laughs) then it was just a case of trying to piece together memories from photographs and news footage holy shit it looks like I was on some kind of festooned barge in the rain for some reason (laughs) then I was at an outdoor concert screaming profanities at Shirley Bassey (laughs) then I was naked in a fountain then it looks like I might have stolen a corgi then I holy shit I think I got a Union Jack tattooed on my face (laughs) please say this is face paint please god say this is face paint
0: Well, in fact, judging by some of the British media coverage, I think Union Jack facial tattoos could actually become compulsory by the time of the Queen's 70th Jubilee. I think think that is more likely than not likely to happen. The Diamond Jubilee celebrations,
1: Andy, though, had everything... In the truest sense, in that there was genuinely something for everyone. If you're a monarchist, you got to see the pomp and ceremony of a four-day-long royal parade. And if you're an anti-monarchist, you got to see the Queen being miserably forced to stand (laughs) and shiver in the rain for hours and hours. That was the beauty of the Diamond Jubilee. It both celebrated and tortured the Queen.
0: That's right. Whether you thought it was Jubilee or Jubilee... Britain certainly did acclaim the glorious apotheosis of the acceptable wrinkly face of medieval feudalism. And I think it was a very interesting event, John, that sort of showed Britain sort of alternately celebrating wildly and complaining vociferously to itself. And I think some questions have arisen that really need to be addressed. Firstly, could Queen Elizabeth actually be the Messiah? Because... Hear me out. It on seemed one. that way about two days in. It yeah.
1: seemed like that was the only rational explanation. Because she managed <laughs> the Queen was basically Lady Jesus.
0: <laughs> she uh, she managed to turn millions of traditionally grumpy, innately complaintative, <laughs> and historically antisocial <laughs> British people into a nation of flag waving, canoe cheering, street party, biscuit swapping <laughs> convivialists, it's which true. is frankly a. F- ...a lot more impressive than pitching up at someone's <laughs> wedding and saying, don't worry, it's a bugger when the suppliers <laughs> let you down. Tell you what, I've got a crate of plonk in the back of my donkey cart. You can have it, no probs, eh? Hey, guys, where's <laughs> a press release out, out on this, all right? Uh, yeah, John Boy, uh, you can get creative on this one if you want. Matt, Marco, Luca, lay off it. I don't want to come across as too pro booze, capiche? Uh, I tell you what, you guys uh, work on me giving that itchy skin dude some Nivea cream, right? Nice one. Right, who's for a pint?
1: <laughs> Did you see the Queen's face during the Jubilee concert on Monday. That was not the face of a woman enjoying the experience one bit. When the band Madness played on the roof of Buckingham Palace, her expression was not, Wow, this is incredible. It was, Who are those ghastly men? And tell them to put their guitars down and get off the top of my f***ing house! (laughs) The concert also featured performances from artists including Stevie Wonder and Sir Paul McCartney, and it culminated in an appearance on stage by the Queen herself. Now, if the Queen had any lady balls, Andy, she would have walked onto that stage, grabbed the microphone, and launched into a high-velocity performance of Guns N' Roses' Welcome to the Jungle. <assistant CDs> Welcome to the jungle! One's got fun and games! One's got everything you want! Honey, one knows the names in the jungle! Welcome to the jungle! <laughs> what would you bring it to your... sh na 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 then screaming, queen out, and dropping the microphone and walking back into the palace. Shouting up at Madness, seriously, get off my fucking roof! <laughs> but she uh, didn't do it, did she,
0: well, I guess, she, you know, constitutionally she just has to be that little bit too neutral to pull that kind of stunt off. <laughs> I guess, I'd have, I I have, guess lo- that's it. i have loved to see her sing One Sexy and the BBC knows it. That's uh, <laughs> that's what I love like to see. She is uh, unquestionably magic, John. I had proof of this. You know, as you know, I'm not. I'm not a monarchist. Um, as uh, my tattoo of uh, what was left of Charles I on my back <laughs> can testify. But she is unquestionably. Uh, in fact, I guess and I, I wrote uh, my uh, the uh, the Bugles Huffington Post blog. I, I wrote that my uh, attitude towards the uh, royal family is, I guess, like uh, you know, somebody who doesn't like football their attitude towards watching England in a major football tournament, they just basically ignore it, don't really care about it, don't really understand what all the fuss is about, and probably only tune in uh, if it goes to penalties. And with the Royal Family, the last time I went to penalties was 1649 and the execution <laughs> of Charles I. But um, she is Mag- I had proof of how magic the Queen is over the Jubilee weekend because I was feeling hungry. So I ate a sandwich and mm-hmm. literally within minutes I was feeling fine again. And I realise mm. that my miracle cure must have been because that sandwich contained a molecule that was once part of the Queen. Maybe from the royal skin that she sloughs off every spring before a good summer's monarching. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, who knows, from a loose hair that's once maybe blew out from under her crown at uh, changing of the colour. Who knows? But uh, we, co- we also can't ignore this, John. Life expectancy in Britain has risen whilst the Queen has been parking her perfect posterior on the throne from around 29 at the start of her reign. That admittedly is judging only by the life of the country legend Hank Williams, who died at 29 on the 1st of January 1953, less than a year into the Queen's reign. Admittedly, he wasn't British, but still he could have been. And that has risen from 29 to more than 80 today. And the reason, clearly, John, is that since the Queen came to the throne... They have been spiking this nation's tap water with her breast milk. Because you have to wonder why she kept on having children, John. Because this nation, this nation needed her to keep pumping it out, John. I mean, it's so powerful; it doesn't need a lot. It, it doesn't need. And they're still using some of the reserves from the from, from the Prince Edward days. But I mean, that just shows what this. I mean, I think I think she should be overlord of all humanity and. And King as well.
1: Andy, how were you not hired as a BBC commentator for one of the days? Because, <laughs> you know, there's such... It's that kind of unique
0: patriotic insight that the BBC could have done with even more of. Well, they got Jimmy Carr instead. I mean, oh, they did okay. ask me, but I said I'd rather watch it on telly because when you're there, you don't get <laughs> to see all the... You uh, get to see the music <laughs> as well. And I'm a massive Cheryl Cole fan. Massive.
1: <laughs> uh, the Queen was introduced... Uh, to the Jubilee concert stage by Prince Charles, who referred to her in his speech as his mummy. And who should immediately have had the crowds take his lunch money from him and been hung up on the gates of Buckingham Palace by his underpants. (laughs) Why? Because he's 63 years old, Andy. Who says mummy at 63? He's supposed to be king. How can you be a king if you've emasculated yourself in front of your entire nation like that? The only time you can be king, if you use the word mummy, is if you're four years old, you're in the bath, and your crown is made of soap suds. That's the only time. (laughs)
0: And also, technically, you know, if we had go by royal protocol, he should have called her uh, "Your uh, Royal Majesty, Mummy." That was that's the <laughs> technical term. <laughs>
1: that that is right. That is true. But you know, no one cares about tradition anymore,
0: Andy. <laughs> well, this is the problem. The
1: queen, the queen, then pressed a crystal into a pod, igniting a beacon on the mall, and what a letdown that must have been for the crowd, because that's a that's quite a science fiction-based build-up, Andy, a crystal into a pod. When the Queen put it in there, that crowd must have hoped that a spaceship was going to come out of the ground in front of Buckingham Palace, and the Queen say, this is something I've been working on for the last 60 years. What else did you think I was doing in there? Or it opened a Stargate, or maybe a portal to hell, or instantly created a 60-foot hologram of Pippa Middleton. Oh, Pippa. Oh, Sweet 60-foot hologrammed Pippa.
0: What is uh, really interesting, John, is that this was not just popular in Britain. It was popular in other countries as well. Was, there, was right. there a lot of coverage in America? Did uh... There was
1: an absolutely inexplicable <laughs> amount of coverage here in America, Andy.
0: What <laughs> was a frustrating amount of coverage? Well, I mean, that's I mean, clearly, you know, the pangs of regret that's now been held, held for about 235 years. But... It's also another country that once had British uh, Britain as its uh, supplier of monarchs, France. They had a 25% audience share of the TV audience in France watching the Jubilee celebrations, and they don't even really care about seeing Steve Redgrave row a boat anymore. (laughs) I think it's interesting, you put this alongside low voter turnouts and general political apathy, This is a signal that people are now prepared to just ditch democracy as a nice idea, but frankly too much hassle for a busy world. And after 13 billion years of trying, the universe has finally fluked on the ideal head of state. It's not a rabble-rousing demagogue. It's not a benevolent dictator. It's not an earthy man of the people or a woman of the Wu people. It's not even a heroic resistance fighter like Mandela or Aung San Suu Kyi or a muscular icon like Henry VIII, Genghis Khan or Vladimir Putin. It's not someone who rules with decisive authority or calm legislative control or who can work a camera or a crowd. It's an octogenarian granny with literally no power who has basically never said a meaningful word in public, who has no authority to speak her mind on any political issue, and has never been known to spill anyone's pint, or buy anyone a pint, or put up a tax on anyone's pint. She's not charismatic, inspirational, or suffused with a natural humanitarianism. She is basically a very smartly dressed cardboard cutout with a natty line in headgear. And that, John... Is what humanity needs and humanity wants. If only we'd discovered this ten thousand years ago, there might have been about ninety-five percent fewer wars than there have been. Well done, the Queen. She's finally brought us to our senses, John.
1: Oh, Andy, I'm telling you, that should have been the speech that introduced her to the stage during the concert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, don't hold that against her. Ladies and gentlemen, Her <laughs> Majesty the Queen.
0: That's why the BBC ditched Dimblebee from their coverage. <laughs> There you go, that was another top story years after it first happened. Thank you for listening. Now do pop over to The Mothership and listen to the latest issue of The Bugle Podcast. It's like top stories, but longer and much, much newer.